Um, and yet it's that artistic, open-minded, looking for new experiences, making connections between unexpected things that's actually gonna drive innovation, that's gonna move a company forward. Um, so, you know, we're toggling back and forth between those two things, between, you know, logic and imagination. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi, and welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Today, I'm sat with Susan Hamilton-Meyer. Uh, she's a brand strategist and visual artist and founder of the Susan Meyer Studio. Susan, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So we're going to spend some time talking about brand. We're going to talk about strategy, and we're going to talk about strategy during sort of changing times. Uh, before we get into that, could you just share with the listeners a little of your background? Sure. Um, so I started my career in business and management consulting. So I come to all the work I do with a strategy perspective. Um, but I started life and had my education as an artist. Um, and I still continue to work as an artist. So I bring that perspective to everything I do as well. Um, and funny enough, they often overlap. Uh, we were chatting just before we started recording about um, looking forward into, you know, how do you create a strategy in a world of so much uncertainty? And funny enough, that's actually what I make my art about. And it is also the focus of any strategy practice, right? Because um, you have these things that you control and these things that you don't. And moving forward with a vision of any kind is about figuring out how those two things work together and how to manage around the things that you don't control. So that was a little bit off topic to the question that you asked me, which was my background, but, but that's my sort of philosophical background. But I, so I studied art and art history, and then I spent um, some years in management consulting uh, with the Boston Consulting Group, um, which was a great sort of strategic education. I went to business school as well, so I kind of have that perspective. Um, and then I discovered uh, branding and innovation as a, an industry, as a discipline, which was not something I had been familiar with before. And it really brought together the, the visual side. Um, you know, I'm not a designer, but I really uh, I think it's very interesting how brands express themselves both in words and in design. Um, and it's all of a piece in terms of how you communicate in the world. Um, and so that was sort of where I focused my strategy practice. And about 10 years ago, I started my own practice, which has been really fun, um, you know, largely because it allows me to work with exactly the clients that I, that I choose to work with, um, take on lots of interesting projects, both for larger companies and smaller companies. And I've expanded into, you know, different industries as well than I had been before I had worked largely in consumer goods and still start, until starting my business. And now I do a lot of work in healthcare um, and technology, um, which are two very exciting places at the moment. 
And how does um, the, the sort of matching of the or the bringing together of the creative artist within you and the, the, the strategist within you, what, what, what does the artist's perspective, how, how does that influence the strategy? Yeah, and, and it, it really does. And I, I believe that everybody has those two sides inside of them, actually. Um, and so remembering to kind of put yourself into that creative mindset or, you know, bring that artist brain to work is something that we don't always do, especially if we work in a, you know, in a very corporate environment or in a very sort of fast paced profit uh, focused environment. Um, and yet it's that artistic, open minded looking for new experiences, making connections between unexpected things that's actually going to drive innovation, that's going to move a company forward. Um, so, you know, we're toggling back and forth between those two things, between, you know, logic and imagination um, is really the best, uh, the, the best for any business person. Uh, that that phrase you just used there about um, you know, connecting and jo- joining concept or connecting dots together is something that I find um, I, I, I do a lot with with when I'm doing strategic planning days with with clients. Do you have any kind of like creative processes that you take your clients through to help stimulate that? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of research on why this works. Um, in terms of the parts of the brain that are activated when you're, for example, looking at a piece of abstract art or when you're writing with a pencil instead of with a keyboard. Um, So the overall philosophy I have is to get people out of their, using the normal tools that they use um, and activate a different part of the brain. So we'll do exercises um, with pictures um, and we'll use actual printed images and do physical collages, um, you know, on the wall or on big post-it notes. Um, we do a lot of handwritten. So, you know, take a Sharpie and write your idea on a post-it note, or, you know, we'll do like a word collage or like a kind of build on each other. One word, you know, each person brings a word. So we create sort of a group poem. Um, And those kinds of things are just a different way of having, it's not the, it's not a different conversation than they might've been having if we just stepped into a room and said, right now we're going to think about, you know, Q4 and what we want to get accomplished there, but to approach it in a way that kind of makes people chuckle, makes them a little uncomfortable and gets them physically moving around the room and interacting in a different way, as well as, you know, using the brain in a different way because of those different implements and materials um, is really, really helpful. I bet. Yeah. And how are you finding um, businesses are adapting now, you know, with, with this obviously some big strategic shifts taking place to a lot more sort of uh, e-commerce, for example, um, people getting used to working remotely are just two very obvious things that have been happening massively. But in terms of businesses, large or small, adapting, what what, what are the, some of the things that you've seen have, have helped organizations and businesses to adapt quickly in the over the recent months? So it a little bit depends on what business you're in, right? Some businesses actually are experiencing a windfall of opportunity and other Mm -hmm. businesses are experiencing a dreadful loss that seems 
unmanageable. So there is a little bit of luck involved in, in the context of your question. Um, but I think in terms of, you know, there, there's also a spectrum of ways that you can respond to something. And in the end, the way that we respond to something is really all that matters because we can't control that, you know, the luck of fortune of, you know, I'm a small restaurant owner. I maybe got the short end of the stick on this one. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm a healthcare technology company, boy, do I have a lot of opportunities um, to, to help and to serve and, and to profit from, from what's going on. Um, but regardless of where you fall on that kind of luck of the draw, um, I, I am seeing people who are just really on top of thinking about, you know, how do I, you know, mitigate the downside not get so obsessed with all the stuff that I don't know and I don't know what's coming next and think creatively about, you know, how could I help? How could I participate? Um, how can I shift my business model? Um, and, you know, and, and then there are those who really kind of are deer in the headlights. I mean, to be perfectly honest, you know, I, I am seeing people who are just like, you know, shut down. Like I, there's just too much and I just can't. And, and I just have to give up. And, um, and that's a perfectly normal human response as well. And, you know, you have a lot of compassion for that. And that's not just small, you know, individual companies, that's large companies as well are going, you know, can we survive this thing? And, and sometimes the answer is, you know, in actual fact, you can't survive this thing in the form that you are right now. And it's going to take a total about face to, you know, and maybe a, uh, you know, a little bit of help from the angels to figure out how to finance it. But, but, you know, so some have it harder than others. Um, but so I think that those who are, you know, navigating this successfully or those who are going into it with a very sort of positive innovation oriented mindset to say like, where can I find the silver lining and where can I find the opportunity? And, the one other thing I would add is I think that those who are doing that best are the ones who are, not focusing completely on uh, how can I make money from this, but focusing more on where is there a need that I can be helpful with? And the, the money will come out of serving that need, right? But just to think about how can I actually offer what I have to offer in this unprecedented upside down time. And I think those are the examples you're seeing of people who find, you know, kind of interesting interesting things to do and, and ways to grow. We mentioned just before we uh, started to record that one of the uh, sort of uh, things I'm seeing showing up at the moment has been business owners almost paralyzed in their thinking because of what's going to come next. Are we going to get a second wave in the autumn stroke winter? What's, what sort of government support packages may or may not be available then because they may have been all spent up by already and and that thinking and normal planning cycle they would have where they had you know some norms or some tracks to run on those tracks had been ripped up now and and the, the lost in what to do with their thinking and what to do with their planning what advice would you get give to somebody who's who's got themselves stuck i would say not to hold on quite so tightly to the notion of planning. And by the way, I don't think that this is different advice that I would have in normal times, frankly. I think it's just that because this is so everything writ large, that it can cause even the most grounded of us to panic a little bit and get wrapped up in that anxiety. But frankly, even in normal times, when you're running a business, 
there are so many things that you couldn't possibly foresee, right? So you make your plan, but you also know that you don't know what calamity is going to befall the world. Um, and, and you don't know how your competitors are going to react to the product that you're going to launch. You don't know how your consumers are going to like it. You know, you don't know whether it's going to be a hit or a flop. So there, there are always things that we have no control over. And yet we plan, you know, that's, that's the art of strategy is, you know, planning in an environment of incomplete information. And so I would just encourage people to take a breath and realize that doing that in this environment, while it feels higher stakes and it feels more difficult is actually really the same thing that you're doing all the time. You actually never know what's happening next quarter. Yeah. And, um, you know, so you sort of come to it with your, your best guess and educated guess, but also with the agility. And a lot of that is just a mindset, but there are also some, um, you know, organizational or process pieces that can be created in a more agile way, right? Um, to say, and then, you know, this is our plan, and then we're going to roll with the punches. You know, this is our plan, but we also know that it might change. And as an organization, the better you can um, do that, the more successful you're going to be now or at any time. And do you think uh, almost now it's worth working out working through more plans, more different scenarios because of the greater level of unknown? That's what I see people doing for sure. Um, scenario planning. And, and I think that's a great thing to do again now and at any time. I think it's a good idea to have scenarios. I think the caution is that I also see people working round the clock generating scenarios and then scenarios on those scenarios. And then there's a little bit of burnout, um, you know, especially in, larger companies where the stakes are a little bit higher and um, and they sort of have the bandwidth to do it because, well, partly because they're not doing some of the other things. And, um, and so I think people need to be just like a little bit careful of not spinning on that scenario planning. Um, but yeah, certainly um, that's, that's a good approach to planning within uncertainty is generating scenarios. Are you tired of the instability of your business? Do you want to stop cash flow challenges, achieve stability in profit, and build a business that you could sell? Do you want to introduce strategies that provide certainty of income, reinvigorate you and your team so that you put an end to plateauing and get your business thriving again? In every sector, in every country, in every state of the economy, there are always businesses that book the trend and outperform the market. It is possible to turn your business around and grow the profitability, reach and impact of your business and put your business back on course for a worthy exit or rewarding future. In my new book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, I show you how. I wrote this book for business owners who are putting so much into their business at the expense of time with their family and on their health and who are not getting the results that they desire. I have brought 25 years of experience working in businesses large and small and combining the disciplines of business strategy with mindset with scaling a business to bring you a proven way to scale your business with certainty. To grab your free copy of Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, go to www.surviveandthrive.cc. I'll cover the cost of the book. You just cover the cost of shipping and handling. So head over to surviveandthrive.cc to get your free copy of the book. How 
have you seen or what, what examples have you seen of people manage to keep the calm amongst the storm you know that they with the in terms of navigating or steering their organization what have you seen help for those that have managed to somehow keep their head and keep calm yeah i mean so i i'm just thinking about a couple of uh friends who have businesses and you know i'm thinking of one woman in particular who runs a platform for um older uh 65 plus i think is the age group and you know one could have gone into this crisis going oh my god my target market is actually being targeted by the virus and this is terrible and the business is going to fall apart and totally freak out quite the opposite she absolutely kept a level head saw this as a huge opportunity plowed forward double time with building that platform and found that that community more than anything was looking for camaraderie community they're sort of isolated from their families and so i think she has managed to move forward the creation of her platform in a, a accelerated way whereas if she had gone into it with a different mindset she might have abandoned the project altogether sure and so um what are what are the key steps that you look to take people through when they're developing a brand vision when they're developing a strategy well i try to keep it pretty simple um because i believe that it is pretty simple it's about the connection between you who you are what you care about and your I'm going to call it audience or audiences because not every business is a consumer product and actually it's not all customers, right? But so whoever it is that you serve, whether you're a, a business to business, a business to consumer or nonprofit, that group of people that you serve has needs, they have desires, they have aspirations, they have habits and behaviors. And so understanding those things and then understanding like really knowing yourself very well as an organization or as an individual, if you're an entrepreneur, um, and then figuring out how those two things connect. And this sounds fairly obvious when I say it out loud, but almost no one, go, myself included, and I do this for a living, it is not super obvious <laughs> when you go into starting a business or when you're running a large business um, it can be very easy to lose sight of or just to forget to ask, um, you know, who your customers really are um, and what they really care about. And so one of the things I often see is that a business will be chugging along thinking that, you know, these three attributes of who they are and what they do are what's really important. And then we'll go talk to their customers. And it turns out that what's actually driving purchase and satisfaction and loyalty are three totally different things. And so doing that insight work, talking to your customers, listening to what they have to say, reflecting back on you know, who you are as an organization, aligning with whoever the key folks are that are running that organization to make sure everybody's on the same page, then you can, that's the intersection of those two things is what your brand promise is. And then the final thing I would say is that um, I, I really encourage um, my, my clients to think about their brand promise as just that it's a promise to their customers and to those that they serve. And so to think about, you know, the relationship as a, as a friendship, as a, uh, in the same way that you would be loyal and honest and genuine with a friend and 
only make promises that you can keep. Your brand is itself a promise and thinking about it from that lens um, can be then helpful to, um, to be the, the backbone to everything you do. Because I think another question is what is branding, right? And so your brand can be your logo, you know, it can be your name, and those are definitely elements of your brand. But from a strategy perspective, your brand is that kind of consistent framework that underlies everything you do. So it's, it's like this anchor and everything else is tied to, you know, kind of comes off of that anchor, right? So your website or your social media or your, I don't know, activities that you do in the world or the products that you create, they all should like ladder back to that brand. And so that brand is that sort of nebulous persona relationship uh, promise. Just thinking for my next question there, my mind just went <laughs> black. I, you, you know, you, you got me into, so into the space of thinking about the brand promise and linking it to behaviors and how, how employees then live out that brand promise. Because the way you've just articulated it, that there's a lot of work done in organizations about, you know, about values, for example. Um, but so often those values aren't necessarily linking back to the, to the, the behaviors necessary to deliver on a brand promise. I see that so often, um, you know, and it comes from a genuine good place, but companies will go through this lengthy, arduous process to articulate the sort of corporate values or pillars. And there are these unbelievably lofty things which like you read it and you go, yeah, I believe in that. Right. And that's clearly what their team did, but they're so big and so general, yeah. like everybody it's motherhood and apple pie. It's like, it's an American expression, but, <laughs> but it's like, everybody believes in that. And so to be really meaningful, it has to get like one level deeper to say, what is our specific DNA? You know, not just like we believe that, you know, the world should be a good place, but you know, what is it that we can actually deliver on or that we are uniquely positioned to sort of take action on? Um, I also think I might've answered your question in a very sort of philosophical way. And you might've been asking me more of a practical question in terms of what the process is that companies can go through to build their brand. Yeah. So let's just dive into the, some of the process side of things. <laughs> so from a practical perspective, um, I generally ask uh, ask companies to start with uh, introspection and then go outside to talk to customers. Um, although I also always say that the customer, you know, that customer insight should lead the brand. Um, but I think you first have to know who you are, yeah. um, or at least have a hypothesis about who you are, um, and and have a hypothesis about what your customers care about. So we usually do like a kind of a workshop, get the team together. Um, and hash through, you know, how we see ourselves and how we think the world sees us and, you know, who we aspire to be. Um, and a little bit of that, depending on, you know, what, where the company is in their life cycle, maybe a little bit of strategic planning as well. Like what's the 10 year vision? What's the five year vision? Um, you know, what's the plan to get there kind of thing. Um, and then we create some hypotheses, some stimulus, like materials to, to take into the conversations with customers that capture what, our, um, what that conversation was so that we can actually test specifically with them the words, the pictures, the 
ideas that we think are what we are saying or want to be saying about ourselves and get feedback from them. Um, and so that customer insight work takes a different form depending on, you know, well, largely depending on the budget, frankly. Um, but you can get a lot of the same insights using different tools. Um, and so that's pretty scalable depending on, you know, you can do that on a shoestring or you can do it in a much more rigorous way. Um, but the, the upshot is that you want to get feedback from, you know what, first of all, you want to understand really who they are. What does their day look like? I do a lot of experience walkthroughs with customers. You know, if it's a phone call, you know, just tell me about your day and, and you start to like, see and feel like walk in their shoes and start to really understand like what motivates this person because even if they're purchasing a piece of software they're still a human being purchasing a piece of software sure. and you know maybe their motivation is you know i want to look like a hero at work or maybe their motivation is you know i want to you know i want to feel like i'm cutting edge or i'm an innovator you know so to understand that is going to then help the sales team it's going to help the product team you know develop uh materials and tools and the right products that are going to actually appeal to this person. So we do customer insight work. Um, and then we take what we learned from that um, and layer it back into um, a vision for the brand. And the vision for the brand includes, you know, the kind of core idea, like what's that one liner elevator pitch. Um, it, it includes an articulation of the customer um, insight, you know, what do they need and what do they aspire to sort of in their own words. Um, it includes the reasons to believe is usually the word we use, but, you know, like the sort of proof points of, you know, why, why are you saying your company is, you know, is it the, the team who's has this amazing background or you have this proprietary technology or, you know, those things are like what sets you apart from somebody, anybody else who could say we're doing this. Right. And then a description of your products and a couple of other elements go into that. Create a nice little document that everybody can refer to that, as you kind of mentioned before, like you then use that for onboarding new uh, employees. You use it for, you know, rallying the sales team at the next team meeting. You use it to then, you know, really easily falls out of that is the, you know, the sales deck or the investor deck or whatever it is that you're creating to communicate with other people. Your website copy comes out of that. Um, and so different clients come to me with different end deliverables in terms of that communication goal. Sometimes they come with, you know, we want a refresh of our, all of our design. Um, but we always start with that kind of core process of like, look at who you are, talk to your customers and then put it all together in this kind of brand vision Bible um, that can be referred back to for everything. So you have that consistent base. But sometimes the feedback from the customer must come as a quite a surprise to the senior team of the business. It does sometimes. It does. You know, but I think when they've gone into it with the mindset, so I work with teams, right, who have already gone into it with the mindset that they are open to feedback and that they want to refresh or move forward their, the, their brand story. So it's, uh, even when it's a bit shocking, it's kind of exciting for them, right? Cause they're like, Oh, it's so good. We talked to them before we redid our website and spent all this money telling a story. That's not the story that's important to them, but yeah, it can be quite funny. So that's a, 
that's a big exercise in terms of the customer insights and then bringing all that data together and looking about how then that influences um, the brand promise, the strategy to be able to get there. Um, how do you go through that in a, or is it even worth trying to do it in a quicker process? If the, if if short term now demands are shifting, um, does every does every organisation you need to reach out now to customers more than ever, for example, to go through that process? I think that this is a great time to do a quick refresh. I don't think it's necessarily. I don't think it's necessary to go, oh, let's do like a six month long branding process and like throw everything up in the air and reinvent our brand. Maybe, maybe you want to do that depending on your situation. But I think for everyone, this is a perfect time to do the sort of condensed version of that at the very least. And, and, you know, do quick check-ins with your customers, do a quick, you know, team regroup um, around who are we, what do we care about? Where, where do we see each other? ourselves going um and uh you know create some materials coming out of that maybe you are gonna you know tweak your story your communication um you know there other another thing i was thinking about when you asked me the question of like what companies are doing well and not doing well i think there's this fine balance in terms of acknowledging what's going on in the world without obsessing about it but i i have found uh, I have found it off-putting when I see brands not even acknowledging, you know, not really? every yeah. communication has to be about COVID or, you know, here in the U S about racial justice. I mean, there's like serious stuff going on in the world. So not every communication needs to be about that, of course, but I think there needs to be an acknowledgement of what's happening um, because it's affecting, you know, sort of humanity on a global scale and to not acknowledge it seems sort of tone deaf. Um, so that's another you know, piece I would say, but, but yeah, I think this is a perfect time to do that. And I, I've actually had a number of folks, um, reach out to me for, so I have a, I've developed a, like a little workbook that's the DIY with a little advice from me version of the, the big long project. Um, and I've had a bunch of people reach out, um, to, to go through that process. Um, because that's one where, you know, you, in a couple of weeks, you can sort of get to that, okay, to put a put a finger up in the wind and see like, where are we? Where are we going? How are people feeling? How about our customers feeling about us? How's the team feeling? Um, and uh, what what do we need to kind of evolve in our story? And as you say, now is a good time to be looking at that across your business and across the, into the different really markets is. in which you operate. So if anybody wants to find out more about that particular process, then your DIY process, how do they, how do they do that? Um, you can go to electrify your work, electrify your work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and my, my business website is Susan Meyer studio, but sometimes that's tricky to spell. <laughs> so, so electrify your work, uh, dot com, is it? Yes. Fantastic. And so just at the high level, just take me through, um, what that kind of DIY process looks like. So I have created a workbook, which is a, you know, PDF. Um, and it takes, it, it, it gives the exercises, um, that I take people through for those, those steps that we discussed in the process. And, um, uh, I, I ask people to do it with, pencil and paper to, to create collages on their walls. So using the same kinds of methodology themselves yep. that I use in a workshop. Um, and then 
uh, I'll do an intake before I, uh, like a phone call before I work with them on, or before I sort of just hand them a workbook where they send me all of their materials, anything that communicates in, you know, to the public or if they have an investor deck or if they have their sales deck. And I look through all of that and I have them present it to me as well so that I have like a base understanding of how they're seeing their brand um, and, uh, and how they're communicating against their brand. Then I have them go do the workbook and then we regroup um, and I try to help them see the forest for the trees. Right, because that's the hardest thing to do when it's your own business. And I really, I suffer from this as much as anyone else. Like, and, you know, like I said, I do this for a living and it's still hard, really hard to do for myself. So uh, what I find is helpful for people is that they kind of do these exercises and then they can come to me with like, you know, 50 different pieces that are answers to the question. And then I can go, okay, I see three themes. And they go, oh, right, wow, cool. And then we can kind of quickly get to the, what does that mean for the, you know, the writing pieces of copy that you need on your website or whatever, but the, that kind of laddering up to the three themes um, is, is really um, fun. Um, so I do that part, um, you know, in person. Uh, and it's almost like a superpower, isn't it? Being able to, to spot those three things and see over the top of the situation, the, the, the system of that business and the marketing within which it operates at a meta level and being able yeah. to see that. And, then you get the insights and the cut through, don't you? So that these are the things that your brand needs to be about. And these are the things that you need to be really focusing on in your messaging. Um, a powerful process and, and, and a great time for businesses to have a look at that. So again, there's, um, there's URLs uh, again, Susan, so that people can go. Electrifyyourwork.com. Electrifyyourwork.com. Fantastic. Um, uh, I'm going to be checking it out myself. I'm a fan of um, this whole space around around strategy, and uh, and any tool at the moment, any process at the moment that can get people past sort of paralysis in their thinking, or like you're saying, overly obsessing over the here and the now, um, and into developing scenarios, developing clarity of strategy, and engaging with your customers is it, it, just only going to help their business and help them serve their market. And I also love that sort of fundamental question that you said earlier on in is, you know, where, where is there a need that I can be helpful with? I think that's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a powerful question just to cut through to what you need to be focusing on right now. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. This was a really fun conversation. You've been listening to the business mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success, and create more impact.